justice for all. Good morning, everyone. Is there any public comments? Mr. Henry, anything? Oh, go ahead, Tom. Uh, good morning. Uh, just as a comment, um, I kind of want to uh, just be a little thought-provoking this morning, perhaps. The, uh, I, I went into the uh, EDC meeting here on Tuesday, uh, and they gave me a few minutes, um, placed me on the agenda. I wanted to continue to talk about, and I think we need to talk more about how economic development and what we do here in terms of marketing and, and, and the tourism needs to be working more closely together. And I know, Mr. Henry, you've had some conversations with them, and, and thank you for that. But we need to, um, if, you know, particularly now that we actually looks like we might might get close to closer to another causeway out here, that's going to create a lot of other things. Plus the fact that We've seen a couple of very busy years out here. We've seen a huge jump when, you know, COVID did a great thing for us, by the way. That's terrible to say, but it did good stuff for us. But, but the, um, um, we've seen activity, we've seen traffic, we've seen lots of things happening. And if we're going to continue to grow, we're going to continue to see um, numbers climb and, and uh, us prosper out here, we need to think very clearly about how that's going to happen. And, uh, you know, we have wonderful people out here have been doing business for a long time. We've got T-shirt shops that, that sell, you know, shirts, at three, three shirts for 10 bucks. And I think that many times what we need to do is, is to look very carefully at, at uh, how we, who we're, we, we do very carefully here, look at who we're marketing to and who it is we, we're, trying to, we're trying to talk to. But I think many of the people that we want to attract are, are willing to not just buy three shirts, three T-shirts for $10, but buy a good shirt for $20. And, and that's a different different clientele a little bit. I don't ever want to exclude anybody from coming to the beach. That's not the point. The point is, is that our offerings and what we do from an economic development and from a marketing standpoint together really start to take a, a, um, the direction of where we go in the future, particularly, again, since we now are closer to a, perhaps a second cause. And I think that I, I commend the city for, for their continued efforts to to uh, put together comprehensive plans, and I think that it becomes important for us to take a more close look at that uh, and being able to, to uh, determine our direction and where we go here in the next several years, I think that becomes really critical. Uh, I'm going to add to that and to say that it's not just us anymore also, that we need to also be working across the pond over here and, and across Laguna Madre and incorporate all our efforts in conjunction with them if we want this region to become what we want it to be. It can, what we saw during COVID is it just kind of, it happened. It just happened. And I think that with what's going on in the valley and other things with SpaceX and other things, we have to take control of where we want to go. We have to take control of where we want to go and what we want our community to be. So I just wanted to offer that thought process this morning and put it in, put it out there. Thank you. Thank you. Any other public comments? Hearing none, we'll move to item four, approved consent agenda. Is there a motion? Motion. Second. All in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. 5.1, presentation and discussion by Welcome Home RGV regarding marketing efforts for winter Texans. Good morning and thank you. Good morning. Very much. Good morning. Um, my name is Christy Collier and you may recognize me. I'm also the tournament director for TIFF. So 
Um, I wear many hats, but uh, my primary job is working with Winter Texans. Welcome home, RGV. And I'm not asking for money today. I just wanted to kind of give you, I uh, preface that. Um, that that's, that always that, helps. Yeah, that'll be February. Um, <laughs> but um, just to kind of give you a recap of the Winter Texan season last year, what it looked like, and um, what our plans are for the future and how we plan to incorporate South Padre Island into our plans. Um, I started Welcome Home RGV in 20, 2008, so this is our 16th season. Um, working to really, um, there wasn't a local, regional organization that really kind of took care of our winter Texans. Um, each community to, does a great job in appreciating our winter Texans, but there wasn't anyone who really took a really wide-angle lens to the economic impact that the winter Texans have on our community. And so we hired UTRGV um, in 2022, 2022. Um, I'm sure you're a lot like me and the dates just kind of roll after COVID. But in 2022, we decided to do an economic impact study and we hired UTRGV to help us with that, to analyze the data. And we had over 2,500 winter Texans respond to our survey. And um, just to get, kind of give you some quick facts, um, things that I think that you'd like to know, there are about 52,000 winter Texan households that we can account for. Um, in RV parks. Now, South Padre Island is also very different because of condo rentals and things and, and you know, long-term stays in hotels. So about 52,000 um, winter Texan households and each household spends about $15,600 per stay, okay? So I'm no mathematician either. I see some of you trying to calculate. It's the overall economic impact of our winter Texans is $1.2 billion each season. And so, Tom, you prefaced it, my presentation perfectly because winter Texans are a part of that economic development engine. They provide jobs. They provide so many things that people don't account for. Um, we also wanted to ask the question um, and, and take winter Texans one step further in you know, do you have friends and family who come to visit? When they do come, where do they stay? How do they get here? Do they fly? Do they drive? You know, all of those kinds of questions. And Lee put together a really nice packet so that you can have all of this data um, to, to go through. But 73% of our winter Texans said, yes, we have friends and family who come to visit. Um, I forget the numbers. They're in your packet, but um, they're one stay, two stay, three stays. But the overall length of stay was over nine days, which is exciting. So, you know, you think about that and, you know, that's the next generation of our winter visitor is if we can keep their kids and grandkids engaged in what we have to offer and also recognize the, the seasons when they come. It's always around winter break, spring break, you know, and their spring breaks are earlier than Texas week. So there's a lot of ways that we can really maximize the impact of that. Um, some of the other things that we do, um, just to kind of give you an idea of the scope of the work that we do, um, we publish um, a weekly newspaper, 22 issues, um, starting in October and run through March, very much like the Coastal Current, but for winter Texans. Um, we, um, we have the Winter Texan Expo and Health Fair in McAllen. Um, this is our 31st annual. We purchased that show in 2016. Um, this year we are um, adding a bonus day in Brownsville because we recognize that not everybody from this end goes to that end and not everybody from this end goes, uh, comes down here. So um, we've added that. 
Um, we also have a travel agency and we have a, an annual cruise with Winter Texans. Pleased to say we have six motor coaches going out um, in February out of Galveston, 310 passengers on the seventh annual cruise with Christy. So um, it's one of those things that uh, I thought it was a ridiculous idea. Who would want to go on a cruise with me? And um, the next thing you know, we have over 300 people. So um, that paved the way for our <coughs> tour department. And so last year we launched that division and we are um, doing local, regional, and Texas tours with our winter visitors. And so um, what does that mean for South Padre Island? Well, we just um, are working with the Laundry family on doing the Gulf, Texas Gold um, Shrimp Tour. They're bringing their shrimp boat tours back and you know, in encouraging people to come here on the island. Um, Blackbeards buys their shrimp, so we're really pushing Blackbeards. And you know, having two tours a day, bringing people here, that's really exciting for us. Um, last year, we had over um, 80 tours um, in our first inaugural year. And this year, it's looking like we might just double that. So very exciting. Um, last year, we did over 60 Rocket Ranch tours. So that's really kind of fun. Um, Let's see. Um, our little pandemic project was um, we we recognized that you know winter Texans the demographics have changed a lot. They're younger, and maybe that's because I'm getting older. I'm 53, so all of a sudden they're not so old. Um, but they're buying property. Okay. Um, we so we started a real estate division because there wasn't any one organization that really took the needs and wants of the 55 plus market, um, and and went more than just condos or real property. You know, there's a whole manufactured home side of it too, and that's kind of the way they start. They well, they start with their RVs and then they graduate to a manufactured home, and then they think, hmm, you know, we like it here, we want to stay here permanently, and so. Um, we launched our real estate division in 2020, selling both manufactured homes and uh, real property. Um, in our first year, we sold over 124 properties with total sales over 11 million. So pretty exciting stuff for us. Um, well, I'm all in on Winter Texans. And um, we do a lot of um, community outreach, but we also try to work with our community partners and market outside the area. And when we do that, um, we, we go under the name Experience South Texas because that's something that makes sense to our winter Texans more so than Welcome Home RGV. The interesting thing is to think about is prospective winter Texans don't know they're winter Texans until they hit the valley, okay? Even as they cross the, border, the Texas border for the first time, they still think they're snowbirds. <coughs> so we have to kind of you know, change the conversation a little bit because they really do. They don't know what a winter Texan is. And so we're doing a lot to um, try and educate that next generation that you too can do this. And it's not just bingo and potluck dinners. There's so much more to offer than what you ex what, what your parents experienced, that kind of thing. So um, I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but um, we... We take it another step further too, and we, we host um, meetings with activity directors, with the decision makers in the RV parks. So we host in the off season, we have manager meetings. During the season, we have um, 
uh, meetings with activity directors. In January, we host the Entertainer Showcase at the Harlingen Municipal Auditorium where we have 60 entertainers <clears throat> because I'm sure most of you know that entertainment is a big deal to our Winter Texans. We, we see them at, um, at all the bars and restaurants and things like that here on the island, but entertainment is a big deal in the parks as well. And so we bring in talent, um, people who come from Branson, Nashville, all over the country who, you know, during the winter have nothing to do. And so they come down here and they perform in the RV parks. And so we, um, we're really excited. We took that show over last year was our first year and really trying to elevate the experience that our winter Texans have when they're here and entertainment is a big part of that. Um, South Padre Island, almost every winter Texan said that they come at least once at least once. So you and, and you see them. You know you have your own winter Texans here, but you know the, South Padre Island is a big draw uh, for our winter Texans, and we we push you guys everywhere we can because it's a really one of the Rio Grande Valley's best assets, in my opinion. So um, another new thing for us is we're um, going to do you know the the winter Texans of today are very different than the winter Texans of yesterday. You know, everyone used to say that Winter Texans would come down with a $20 bill and a T-shirt and maybe change them once, you know. Um, the Winter Texans of today have a lot more money. They're willing to spend it, and they're not afraid to get, they're more adventurous. They want to step outside those four walls of their RV park, and they want to go and see and do. And oftentimes, you can learn more about your community from the Winter Texans than you can from the locals, which is very interesting. Another thing that we're really trying to take a deeper dive into is the philanthropy of our Winter Texans, because no one's really measured that. What do they give to our local nonprofits, either financially or via in-kind donations, things like that? So, um, so yeah, that's that's what we've got. We're doing a little motorcycle rally in February here on the island. Uh, ride the wave, so that'll be lots of fun. Um, are there any questions? Yeah, Christy, I know you uh, do a lot of uh, traveling around the state to the the different. Uh, travel industries and other things. What kind of responses are you seeing from the state in regards to the <coughs> winter Texan market here? And what kind of support are they offering? Do you want my honest opinion? What's that? Do you want my honest opinion? Yes, yes. Yeah. I think that the winter Texan market has kind of been brushed off. You know, um, yep. I think that, um, and that's really why I started this organization, um, because we assume that they will come. And we all know what you do when you assume something. And I think that our numbers are changing and the winter Texans are changing. I think um, all of us have been complacent in our marketing to prospective retirees. And that includes the entire state of Texas. Um, I think that no one really understands the true economic impact they have because not only are they spending money here, they're spending money in Waco, in Dallas, in Austin, San Antonio, Corpus, Galveston. They're spending money everywhere they go. And that's another thing that we really need to kind of think about is, okay, aside from what you spend here, how much do you spend on your trip down? You know? How much does uh, the Rio Grande Valley market compare to the other markets where winter? Texas, go ahead. There's only so much time in a day, Tom. I have not been well, I just to didn't know if you knew already. I mean, you know um, so much. You do so I, much. I do know that South Texas is a very different environment from Florida and Arizona. 
Um, you can do things differently. And when, when I say that, Florida, Arizona, you, your, your resorts or your parks aren't really open to the public. Here, the beauty of South Texas is you can stay in a hotel. You can stay in an RV park. You can stay in an RV park with no frills or everything you could ever desire and more. But the beauty is you can stay in a hotel and still go to all of the RV parks around you and participate in their activities, craft shows, dinners, meals, entertainment, all of those types of things, whereas in other destinations, it's not the case. Winter Texans come here for a variety of reasons, okay? One, cost of living. It's more affordable here. And one of the things that is on my list is to kind of do that um, comparison chart to see how much are things in Florida, how much are things in Arizona, and how much are things here. Um, but cost of living, weather, of course, can't beat it. Um, the proximity to Mexico, yes, they're still going across um, the bridge in Progreso. But number four, and equally as important as the other three, is the friendliness of our people. We want them here. Okay, Florida, Arizona, not so much. You know, so the more we can educate our business community and our, our communities that, hey, our winter Texans provide jobs, you know? Um, and yeah, they may drive a little slow, and yeah, they may not be the best tippers, but they keep that engine running. And so I will continue to preach this until the cows come home. So. Well, I, I know that we're looking at a very good, very good winter winter season right now, uh, with the winter Texans and uh, our properties. So my question kind of comes to you: Is what can we do to support you and help you? We're already doing it, Blake. Where's Blake? Blake signed signed the dotted line. You guys are one of our season sponsors, which is huge, huge for us because um, I'm a small business owner. You know how things go, um, and we anything South Padre wants you get um, and as part of that package and so we have a great relationship with the CVB we have a great relationship with the Chamber and um, a lot of our your, our partners are local business owners here on the island and so we recognize that we also take that regional approach and we include you know the beauties of Port Isabel the beauties of you know your new nature center um, you know there's lots and lots of things um, for us to do. Great. Go ahead, Tom. One last, last question. I'm sorry. Thank you. What's the best way to uh, have our winter visitors find out what you're doing? You know, that's, that's the other tricky thing um, is there isn't like an Alamo, for example. You know, there are RV parks. You don't really have, other than the KOA, one place where they all kind of congregate, if you will. Hire Leslie to have her explain it. <laughs> yes, Leslie is, well, and we actually, I supported Leslie's tour through the Midwest. I couldn't do it this year. This little fishing tournament got in my way. Um, but in 2019 and 2022, we, we did what Leslie did. We, we took a tour throughout the Midwest and hosted events and activities. But Leslie does that on her own. And so I, I sent her some money and we helped her market that because her people are my people and my people are her people. And so we have to work together to. And so I think if South Padre didn't give her a little money, you should because she's, she's promoting location is available where online and we um, I can get you the distribution list and yes by all means if any of you have 
winter texts and visitors and you'd like to have our newspaper, please let me know and we'll make sure we get you added as a distribution spot. Christy, I agree with very much what you said about us taking them for granted. <coughs> when it comes to the entertainment, which we can control here, I don't know that we've changed it up very much in the last 20 years or so. Agreed. Have you given that insight to Mr. Henry? I mean, it's nothing I don't think we should be discussing in public exactly, but maybe he can help advise some of our local businesses as well what they could be doing to better enhance the entertainment experience for winter guests because I think we've been doing the same thing year after year after year, but our winter Texan visitors are different than years past. Maybe they're not into these some of these things that we've been doing. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Okay. And you don't have to twist my arm. I can come down anytime. Anytime. This is my happy place. So I'd be happy to come down and really, really, I could do a presentation for your hoteliers, for your business owners, mm -hmm. for your bars. Mm -hmm. I'd be happy to because it's important. The work that we do is important. And I think so. We need to... We need to ensure that the next generation, our kids, our grandkids, reap the benefits of our winter Texans. And I think that that's what's been lost is, you know, and, and you look at the RV parks themselves, um, they're not marketers. You know, the, the managers, the activity directors mm -hmm. are oftentimes retired from something totally different. It's just a job. They're trying to make it through the day, through the season. Um, and so a lot of our parks are being bought by uh, investment groups, mm -hmm. and they're not thinking about the winter demographic. They just want, rather than heads and beds, they want site nights. And they don't care who's in that site as long as there's someone on that site. So they don't think about the impact, they don't really care about the impact that has on the winter community. And so it's a real concern for me that if we don't wake up and think about this, and now the island is very lucky in that you have a different vibe here. You know, you have a different clientele in the winter visitor. Um, they're renting condos. Oh, thank you, Lee. It says Florida has a 41% higher cost of living and Arizona 35% higher cost of living. So there's that. Um, I can take that off my list. Don't raise the ADR, Tom. Is that what you're going to do? <laughs> but well, they're going to raise the ADR. But, <clears throat> you know, it's interesting. Um, historically, we, <clears throat> with spring break, March 7th comes around, and our winter visitors feel the need to go home, even if they don't want to go home. And I think that's shifted a little bit in these last few years. It seems to me, I, I'm sure we have the data everywhere. We, all, all we do is collect data, but... They seem to be staying longer. They want to stay longer. They seem to be able to afford to be able to stay longer. And that's been very interesting. Now, I know we don't collect tax revenue on them, which is where Nico's going to come up here in a minute and talk about this interesting statistic you just gave, which is 73% of them have friends and family visit during the winter. And that's huge because I know I've personally seen it with young families from the Midwest visiting a loved one. And they'll stay for shoot, seems like seven days, which we do collect the tax on. And they love it, even when it's a rainy day. The weather's better here than at home. So, you know, it's also important to, to recognize the significant 
when you say collect tax, the, the indirect spending that's happening with winter taxes, not only for South Padre, if you look at our sales tax, major increase, um, not only for South Padre, for the region as well. That, that is, you nailed it. It's, it's more than the hotel occupancy tax. Mm -hmm. If you want my honest opinion, I think the hot tax is what has been one of those factors that played into we can't market to winter Texans because they don't stay in hotels. Exactly. Therefore, That's what I'm trying to argue against, this attitude that they don't, they don't, uh, we don't, we can't collect a tax on them, so why are we wasting money? Mm -hmm. I disagree with that. I'm with you, Christy. 100%. So, um, and, yeah, I, I, I called. We're, we're finding more of the, the seven and five day stays, like you're talking about, during that period of time. We've intentionally left units open kind of for that, so, and it's working. Yeah, well, we've got people staying, not for the first time, but a lot more through April. That's yeah. one of the things that we really try and educate, and is that it's, you think about shoulder seasons, you know, and the activities in the parks kind of shut down after mm -hmm. St. Patrick's Day. And I'm like, why would you do that? You know, okay. why would you do that? Yeah. Um, Winter Texans historically, for whatever reason, like to be home before income tax day or Easter. Whichever one comes first. You know, that's a good rule of thumb. I don't know why. But we have, um, and I could go on and on, so when it's time, you just have to tell me. But um, we have a, we recognize that, you know, okay, winter Texans, um, they love it here. And a lot of them decide, we like it here so much. Our kids are scattered across the country. We're going to call mm -hmm. Texas home. So we have a whole other, not division, but outreach method of, and we call them our converted Texans, where we have an event annually in April, and of course the winter Texans say, why so late? I'm like, well, you need to stick around, stay. Uh, but we make them raise the right hand and pledge allegiance to all things Texas, but we have incorporated Summer Supper Club, and we went to um, uh, Margaritaville for um, an event and went to um, on a booze cruise with Breakaway. Um, during the summer, you know, we every week we go to a different restaurant. Why? Just to create that FOMO for those winter Texans and plant those seeds mm -hmm. that, hey, you too could go through that conversion process. If you want to know what my end game, that's it. Okay? I want every winter Texan to become a converted Texan, and then we're banking. So. Well said. Any other questions? Ready to go. Great work. Great work, Christy, as always. It's my life's work. <laughs> well, you're doing an excellent job at it. And I'm here as a resource for any one of you. If you have questions or, you know, want more information, um, you can sign up for our newsletter online. <laughs> I'd love to have you. So any other questions? Thank you very much, dear. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, Nico, would you mind kind of coming up here and just maybe just give us some information on our flights, particularly from the Midwest, because this pairs very well with what uh, we just discussed. Sure, no problem. Hello, everybody. Nico, Nicolas Mirman from Bali International Airport. Uh, and that was a great presentation because there are so many points in common that we're hearing with Christy and this presentation, so I think you're going to love it. Um, so yeah, the, I wanted to give you an update about where we are with the flight so far uh, for this year, the Winter Texans, and a few things that are coming along later on. Uh, but the main thing is to see how everything has been working uh, 
and by the way, we appreciate your support and helping us promote these flights. Delta in particular is the first one that we're gonna be talking about, and this is the kind of the load factor that we have seen on their traffic since they started. They started the first week of um, November, I'm sorry, October, um, and I have the information all the way until uh, this last week. Um, <coughs> it is interesting because what Christy was saying about the shoulder system being a shoulder, something to focus about, is actually showing here. What I would think is the shoulder season for Delta in particular are October and November, and we see how the average low factor, 58% and 70%, are building up, but still it's an opportunity that we didn't fully exploit for, those, for that shoulder season. Um, but that being said, overall, up to now, uh, the flight has been producing 67% of the low factor with peaks of up to 88% in the really peak, peak days around the holidays. Um, and now during the Christmas holiday, we are heading to 78%. I'm expecting that number to become 80, 82% uh, next month. Um, we are very happy. This is truly the first season that we have the whole flight truly flying. And so we, we are happy for the first year and, and we can't wait to see what happens next year. They're already selling the, the flight for next year. I have the date in a, in a different slide, um, but uh, that, that is always good news because we know they're coming back. Um, it is important, you know, to, to let you guys know where those passengers are coming from. And so I divided it by three different kind of groups. The Minneapolis, the Delta flight is to Minneapolis and then it picks up connections to all over the Midwest, the upper Midwest, and then to other destinations, domestic and international. So I wanted to, to, to be able to share with you what is that composition on each plane. <laughs> Overall, 42% of the passengers are coming from Minneapolis on Delta planes. The upper Midwest is 31%, and then other places, the East Coast, West Coast, international even, uh, represent 27% of each plane. In numbers, that means that we have had approximately 4,000 passengers year to date uh, from Minneapolis, approximately 3,000 from the, from the upper Midwest, and approximately you know, 2,600 coming from other places. So the effort that we have been trying to, to be strategic about, which is the Minneapolis market plus the upper Midwest represents 73, 74% of the total traffic on Delta only. Please stop me if I say something that grasps your, your attention, you want to say anything, but I'm trying to go quickly, but still give you as many details as possible. Um, we have talked, you know, and, and I have, with Blake especially, we have been talking a lot about not only focusing on, on Minneapolis, which is what I would consider um, a, a mature market. It's, it is a traditional market. We have had flights to Minneapolis and Minnesota for 20, 30 years. But the opportunity that this airline brings is to get access to all these other Midwest, upper Midwest mm -hmm. places. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to show you what is the composition of those passengers in the overall picture of the flight. So Detroit comes back like the number one top upper Midwest connection, produces almost 20%, 19% of the traffic, followed by Chicago, Grand Rapids, so Detroit and, and, and Grand Rapids being Michigan, Michigan overall is producing almost 30% of the overall connecting traffic, Indianapolis, Cincinnati, and 20 other places that I have uh, uh, added in this graph for you all. Um, 
the one thing that is also really cool is that during the, the spring break season, we will have nonstop to, to uh, Chicago. So the number two top connecting will probably disappear during those months because people will hopefully choose to fly nonstop instead of going to Minneapolis to come back here. That's okay. The Delta will be able to replace those passengers with some other connecting traffic. So it's not, not a big issue. It's just something that we're expecting to happen. Why are they waiting till March to start those nonstops? You know, and uh, it is, uh, I think that they are looking at South Padre and the Rio Grande Valley as, as, as a spring break in their minds. And what we are trying to do, and we're using, if you will, Delta as an example, is to show them that there is a longer winter Texan season that they are not so aware about. So the hope is that these two flights will do so well in the spring break that they will start adding either more flights in spring break or adding more flights before and after spring break to start to make the whole season longer. And so um, because it is a little bit of an exploration market for them, for these two airlines, uh, they Mm. They had chosen what they feel is the peak season, and then hopefully they will start making it stronger and longer. Um, the key thing here, though, is that Delta is opening this, this opportunity for the other airlines to explore what happens to their traffic. Is, is there demographic data in terms of families versus individuals or couples, or how many are actually in groups when they fly? Um, I don't have that, or I haven't looked into it. What I can see is as every day when I get all these reports about who is on these flights, um, and I am able to do that because we ground handle them, so our my employees are actually tracking this on purpose. Um, I see, like from the smaller places, Appleton, Green Bay, that kind of thing, I see more and more people, uh, groups of three, four, and five people. So that means that I can see families, uh, a higher percentage of families traveling, I haven't been able to, to look at that. I can look at that for the next report. But my fear is that, okay, if they start in March, we, they get a little bump in March, but if they say, okay, we, we start to commit to it, families will slow down during this early spring part, you know, and, and then pick up again in summer. So will that be a deterrent to them versus, you know, I, I just, do they know and understand the destination of what they're trying to, where people are coming? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, more on, a, on an observational, kind of perspective, we do see more and more kids and families at the airport. I mean, and you see them coming off the plane. So I think that what Christy was saying about the winter Texans coming and then their families coming to visit, is totally true. You know, you see it more and more and starting sooner and sooner, how uh, you see all these families and kiddos coming up and down, running on our hallways, which are pretty long. Um, so I think that the idea is getting there. The, the, the main challenge I think is as Christy was saying, true, too, uh, is, is bringing, them, bringing them here to see what, this, what the area has to offer and what the island has to offer. Uh, and then they start to re become more repetitive, repetitive uh, visitors. You, you know, I think it is uh, like these kind of markets do tend to evolve through the years. Is they, test this they test it first and then they come back and they bring their friends. And, and, and I already see that coming. Well, I, how can we help them understand that there's an opportunity outside of that, those two weeks? Because we know they, we have winter visitors starting in January primarily all the way into April. 
do they have our data? Do they understand our personas that uh, millennials in particular, with no children, love to come down here and, have a, and, and get out of the bad weather? But I don't know. Maybe they don't know that. I, I, I don't know. You'd think they would know everything, but maybe they don't. No, no. The airlines do not know anything. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can talk about that in... <laughs> They know everything. You know, um, it, it, and it's so affordable. These direct flights are so affordable. They are. What we offer here is very affordable. It's a no-brainer to me yeah. to take, uh, so you know, take your girlfriend to come down here for a week and just get out of the city or, or these uh, metro markets. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, every time I meet with them, I, I try to bring those uh, those aspects up all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the one thing that and you know, I have to move. I am not on the tourism side, I'm more on the airline side, and so I speak airline, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, the one thing that the airlines truly like to see is uh, all cases that could be replicated. And so when we were talking about what happened, and I thought it was a great example too, when we see what happened during uh, COVID, that we exploded uh, on traffic here on the island, the same thing happened all over many other destinations. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And the one that was specifically uh, worth bringing to this conversation was the whole Panama City death storm that we have been talking so many times. Yeah. So the, the Panhandle area in Florida <coughs> is very similar to what we have here. And that, mm. and that is our vision, at least as an airport, to, to make the Rio Grande Valley, and Valley International in particular, to be 10, 20 years from now, what the panhandle is right now. Mm -hmm. The panhandle right now is three times uh, more passengers or visitors than the three airports in the valley have combined today. That is what yep. they're producing. And the, ne the, the level of destinations, like everything that you see here and actually everything that you see here, I would say 95% of these dots do have non-stop service once or twice a week to either Destin or Panama City. And so, this process started for them 15 to 20 years. Um, mm. This process started, at least for Valley International, last year. Uh, and you know, the success of, of Delta this year and the success of American and United and Southwest, as I'm gonna share with you in a little bit, uh, is the first step of making each of these dots, not to connect to Minneapolis to get to the Valley, but to get, go straight to the Valley one way or another. And so th that is the vision. Um, all of that materialized for them last COVID. Hopefully, there's going to be a, a happier situation down the road for, for, for that to produce the materialization of that opportunity, I guess, here in the Valley. Well, I think if I, my two cents, if I can add on that. Is your mic on? There we go. Um, is we do what we can as a destination to make sure that those are full flights. Because that would bring us to the table to go, hey, you guys had nonstop flights. They were full. What can we do to expand it? Because as we just proved to you, there's people that want to come down here. So we need to spend some kind of marketing effort in Chicago and surrounding areas to make sure that those flights during spring break are full. Directly. Mr. Henry, this also speaks to this whole visit RGV uh, concept that we've been discussing this past year speaking with one voice and seeing if we can pull our resources to uh, compete. Yeah. Makes perfect sense because I'm, I'm describing these uh, Midwest millennials that have the ability to visit us any time of the year, and especially in the wintertime. 
but uh, maybe they would prefer Florida or another destination. Yeah. You know, you know. I just like to say, Nico and his team are, are a real pleasure to work with. Um, we all recognize that seventy-five percent of our inbound traffic stems from, from Harlingen Airport. Uh, we've allotted some uh, marketing dollars in the upper Midwest and these markets right here, and you know, uh, I believe that it's working. Uh, <laughs> continue these conversations, but. From a larger standpoint, I mean, Nico has a lot of experience wooing uh, airlift, uh, not only for, for, for South Texas, but for other markets as well. He knows <clears throat> what these airlines are asking. He knows uh, what to give them and how to answer their, their questions correctly. But uh, going back to Mr. Goodman's point about how, you know, economic development starts with, with, with a visit, right? And I think a conversation with the EDC about additional airlifts is is needed and required going forward. So I think it's a larger conversation how we can get involved uh, to make uh, um, our destination, our region, South Texas, more palatable to uh, for additional inbound seats. Very good, Nico. Like I mentioned, you're going to be on the agenda every month, so we can we can we can stay on top of this. Um, why you aren't, I don't know. We used to have you here every every month. Um, discuss this because it's so important and so happy to see the success we're seeing with this. Good for you, too. I mean, I appreciate that we'll be here. Sometimes we'll have just maybe these graphs updated and sometimes we'll have you know, some good news. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, the, the, Delta, the Delta story is working pretty well. They are coming back on October 7th, so the next season starts in October session, planning for that starts three months before, or, or advertising and, and mm -hmm. concentration. So in a way, and the key about this presentation, as you will see, is that with the announcement of Delta, uh, uh, I'm sorry, American and United, and also a little bit of uh, more new service from Southwest, we are actually completing the circle of the whole year of announcements for, for extra um, inbound traffic, air traffic into the area, which is something I have heard you talking about. What do, what, how can we bring more people from outside the Texas area in the summer when the winter Texas leave, how to replace that? And we're, we have been working on that, and I, I have a little bit of information about that to, to show you. Um, I can fly through these slides. Um, I did want to bring up, and, and, and this is uh, something that has happened was announced. I was actually surprised about it. Uh, Delta is also bringing a new route to the Rio Grande Valley and it's going to McAllen, not to Valley uh, uh, International. And it is from Austin, which is kind of an odd place because Delta is a have and spoke airline, so they typically fly to places where they are strong. And in the case of um, uh, Austin, they don't have that strength. And so uh, I just wanted to bring it up in case you have questions or thoughts about that. Uh, they will be flying from McAllen to Austin uh, starting in April. What I'm doing here is comparing what kind of coverage our flights to Minneapolis on Delta have versus what the coverage at Austin is providing to them out of Austin. And so these two maps are kind of comp competing, uh, comparing those two things. Overall, I feel for what we are looking with the island and with the Rio Grande Valley as an inbound um, kind of destination. Um, I, I think that the Austin route we don't have too much exposure. Uh, um, we'll see what happens. We are super happy though that Delta is coming back to Valley International from Minneapolis. Uh,
Uh, some country, you know, we don't talk about them as much because we're used to have them almost. We give, in, give it as granted. Uh, but they are actually super success, successful too. They bring more passengers so far this year than, than Delta. And it is all from Minneapolis. So Minneapolis is still the number one flying market into the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, if you see the low, fo the low factors for them, has, they have been higher than Delta as well since day one. Um, pretty much are flying at 71, 72%. I am expecting that to go a little higher um, as the holidays come to an end. Uh, they uh, um, have been flying since September 28, 10,000 visitors already, as I mentioned, and um, they, they, they haven't published their schedule yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they're gonna be back as always in September, and yeah, in September next year. The big news I was telling you is Chicago. Uh, Americans started flying this route um, last year, two years ago, I'm sorry. But the great news is that United is coming in as well. Um, when that happened, American decided to start a little earlier. They started in February, United started in March. Uh, so far, it's only once a week. We're hoping if this is successful in future, in future uh, seasons, they will, they will expand the season. American so far is actually booked at 30% for their flights, so that is awesome. That means that <laughs> they're sending to cheap. I didn't say that. You say they already booked 30% of those flights? Yeah, American is. Um, United started selling a little later, in the middle of the holidays, uh -huh. so I, I'm not expecting them to, to book too much until after the holidays. Hmm. Um, but you know, it's a, it's, it's a great opportunity for the Valley and for SPI to capitalize on what these airlines have announced that is the spring break season too, uh, and then start, you know, branching out. What later. months? I'm sorry, are they gonna be open? What in the so it's starting March. So uh, America starts February 17, all the way through March, the end of March, and United is starting on March 9 for the four weekends of March. <coughs> Overall in seats, it's not that big, but the opportunity to start open, opening the Chicago market is, you know, the, what is worth uh, mentioning. I've done very little, so. Well, that, I'm just saying that's something that could be piggybacked with spring break if you have those flights open direct flights, if we can piggyback off of those. Yeah, do we have that information on that landing page, all our flight information, the direct direct flights from the Midwest on our spring break? We used to, I mean, maybe it's there, I don't know, but. You got it on there? Okay. I don't know that it moves an needle or anything, but I'm, I'm always interested if people are aware that these flights exist. Um, if they're considering a, a, our destination to, compared to any others anyway. If they're sitting there on their phone Googling it, hit them in the face with the direct flights available. We all win. I'll, uh, I'll make sure that you guys have it if I forget for whatever reason. Please. Remind me, but I am this week, so yeah, for sure. If your marketing team can help us in any way in getting us graphics like this or whatever kind of a material, please have and send it over. Absolutely. Um, the cool thing about Chicago is although the news is that the local Chicago market now has two airlines, the effort that you guys been, have been doing throughout the whole upper Midwest uh, can piggyback on this because it's pretty mm -hmm. much the same mm -hmm. uh, connecting destinations. So if you have had a little bit of money in Detroit already, then 
United and American will also connect traffic from Detroit to Chicago to come here. And so what it is in place, pretty much everything is gonna be supporting these flights too, which is fantastic. Um, this, this slide kind of shows a little bit of what I wanted to show is that some things that American may be able to fly from Dallas, for example, to the upper Midwest, for example, Fargo. Uh, what this brings is much more dense connectivity to Fargo because what I'm trying to say is maybe American does fly to, to Fargo from DFW, but they only have one or two flights a day. From Chicago, they have seven. And so having access to a, another upper Midwest destination or hub is what makes the whole, the whole proposition so much stronger. Uh, and so having these two airlines with their hubs in Chicago flying nonstop is, is huge, even when it is just for a few, for a few weeks this year. Um, the cool thing about, the very cool thing in my opinion, uh, I'm so nervous. The, the one thing that is huge about United announcement is that for the first time, they will be flying to three different hubs from the Rio Grande Valley because on top of Chicago, they also announced spring break service to uh, Denver. And so uh, it has never happened before for United to fly for, from three different hubs, but what they will be doing is covering pretty much 95% of their domestic destinations out of these three hubs. Um, uh, and it is great news at the same time, hopefully, you know, they work out very well so we can have more flights next year. Uh, but we are super, you know, super happy about it. I wasn't expecting two destinations announced at the same time, but. Yeah, this is awesome. Uh, what's the deal as far as timing the seasonal service to Denver? What, what does that look like? It's similar to Chicago for now. It's yeah. spring breakish, so yeah. it is all. Got a lot of kite surfers from Denver, um, a lot of adventure seekers. Yeah. Um, we're already looking at uh, uh, doing a lot more promotion in actually at the Denver airport right now. Um, it's good stuff. Good timing then. Um, and you know, uh, some of the information that actually got from, from, from uh, the island that shows second home, own, second home ownership in the whole area shows Colorado as one of mm -hmm. the hot spots of people owning property already here. Uh, so, you know, having the non-stop to them is huge for them. And then they will start, you know, renting those properties out or whatnot and bringing more and more people from Colorado and beyond. Yeah. We, uh, we always go to the, the Denver uh, Leisure Show there, Adventure and Leisure Show, and we, it's just a huge reception there in Denver for SBI. Nico, thank you so much. Uh, great presentation here. I have one more. All right. <laughs> this is not enough. All right. I'm sorry, I haven't, all of this happened at the same time, so that is why I wanted to update you. So once the spring break uh, and the winter Texan season ends, that, and that will go all the way through May, first week of May or second week of May, we enter into the summer, and something that we, have, we haven't been able to offer is, is a stronger portfolio into Van International for what I want to call summer Texans. I don't know how else to call them. Um, but this year we're going to be able to do that because Southwest is bringing a non-stop to Dallas Love Field, which they have had in and out all the time. But for this year, they will have it all summer and all spring break, and all spring, uh, I'm sorry, fall time, so <laughs> South American mind. Um, <coughs> from May 
all the way to, to September, they will have the non-stop to Dallas Love Field. And during the weekends, what is new is that they're going to have two flights every day. So this is completely targeting not only the Dallas uh, area, which is very strong for South Padre Island, I know that, but also what I, what I would call the central area of the, of the Midwest, which is the areas that maybe are not so cold in the winter, but are super, super hot in the summer. They want to go to a beach. This is one of the closest ones that they have. And now they're going to be able to do it on a low cost service very regularly. And so in a way, uh, what I am kind of bringing up is the notion that the Southwest and the connectivity to Oklahoma, to Missouri, to Kansas, uh, those kind of states, there is an opportunity to start working on, on a summer season for bringing people that are really boiling in their own places without access to the ocean. This is the closest place they can go. And so um, perhaps it, this is a new opportunity to, to, to capture that kind of traffic. Yeah. It sure is. And I'm, I'm going to be fascinated to see what kind of increased numbers you'll be looking at <coughs> at the airport with all this additional airlift. This is going to be fascinating. I, I, you know, you almost get concerned that it gets too much and we're going to dilute the individuals. But I, I don't know that that's going to be the case because you've got so many varying markets it's coming from. And lots of people out there that are, you know, reading. So therefore, it's not the same people reading right. the same things. Right. Please have your marketing department talk to our marketing department and make sure we're marketing these flights the best we can. You know, stay on top of it because it's awesome. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Congratulations. No, thank you all for for the support. Yeah. I mean, we yeah, it's something to look we at. have been working this year. It's something to look at. Gentlemen, do you have anything else for Nico or Christy or Mr. Henry regarding this agenda item? Be back every month. <laughs> New Year's resolution. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Happy holidays for everybody. All right. We'll move to 5.3, presentation and discussion regarding the CVB monthly report. Oh, five. Oh, I'm sorry. Mrs. Brown, 5.2, update regarding 2023 holiday events. Y'all killed it is what you did. Oh, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, April Brown, events manager. Ben, can we get the video first, please? Just a 30-second video, and I'll be quick. While we're waiting, um, this team just did an incredible job this season with these events. I'm sure you've all seen it. It's awesome. Thank you. Um, so we started the holiday events with the tree lighting ceremony on Thursday. Um, it was their first time hosting it at the uh, SPI Multimodal, where it hosts our visitor center and our transit department. We had more uh, attendees than we anticipated. We had uh, nearly 200 people show up, or more than two, excuse, excuse me. And we had the mayor speak, as, as well as uh, Gariga Elementary and Dairy Elementary choirs sing. Uh, Santa was there. We gave out hot chocolate and cookies. and. We had an excellent turnout. Um, 
we had the tree lighting there, and we're looking forward to hosting it again there next year on Thursday, December 5th. Um, we're looking forward to having additional maybe performers, maybe vendors to maybe keep people along uh, keep people around a little bit longer. So I um, also want to thank Debbie Huffman for all her help with us in that tree lighting ceremony as well. And then on Friday, I don't have a deck on it, but we also participated in the street parade. Uh, uh, again, thank you to Debbie for all her work on that and allowing us to participate in the parade. She had an excellent turnout, and it was great for us to, to be there as well. It's always a good time um, for it be, us to be a participating in that. On Sunday, we had breakfast with Santa at the convention center. We doubled the amount of people uh, that we expected and had previous years. So we were expecting about 200, and we ended up with a, nearly 400 people show up. So we kudos to our caterer who made it work because uh, we <laughs> really, really only planned for 200. We had activities, breakfast with Santa. Santa was there. We Santa that we hire is excellent. He does a great job in, with all of our community events. And um, as you can see, he takes really funny photos with the children, and we had activities for them. We had it in our 200s corridor and uh, ran out of space very quickly. Our operations team had to put out extra tables and linens and decorations to get enough people seating. So we're looking forward to moving that into the exhibit hall next year and maybe have additional activities for the kids to do. It's a two-hour event. It's very quick, but um, a lot of people show up and. Um, it's a huge team effort, so we uh, had a very, very, it was very successful for us to have it at the convention center this year. Any questions? What kind of people came? Where, I mean, where did the people come from? Um, all over the place. We had actually our admin team took surveys, and we saw a lot of generational families. So it was grandparents, parents, and the grandkids. Um, so we saw a lot of um, like multi generational families coming. It was great. We actually had a group of college students from. Uh, Texas A&M, they were mm -hmm. down here on a break because uh, Lori's like, oh, they're about 20-year-olds. Why are they here with uh, Santa? So she went and asked them. They're actually kids from um, international students from Texas A&M. So I, they were, I think, primarily from Germany, most of them. Um, so they came and were here on vacation, and they heard about Breakfast with Santa and joined us. It was great. And Yeah. <laughs> Good. Let's laugh. Yeah. Lori pitched spring break to them too while we were at it. <laughs> That's like our people going to Germany and going to the beer fest, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, just to kind of close out, um, jumping back, the Lighter Boat Parade is 37th annual. We had 24 of the 32 boats show up, which is a great turnout. We usually have about 50%, so this is more like 60. Um, we had five commercial boats, seven medium-large boats, and 11 small-to-medium boats. Osprey Cruises took home the first place for commercial division. UTRGV Coastal Studies Lab took home second, uh, or excuse me, first place in the medium to large division, and then the Sheedies from Kyle, Texas. It's a couple that comes down every year to uh, compete. Um, they are they won the uh, medium, small to medium division. Excuse me. We did see a lot of organizations join this year on top of our commercial boats. Uh, Texas Coastal Studies Lab had uh, had a excuse me, the UTRGV Coastal Studies Lab had a boat. Uh, the Texas General Land Office had a boat. The Coast Guard had a boat. So it was great to see. And SPIPD was in it um, patrolling, so we appreciate their support um, coming out for safety. And Chief Pig was in the parade. We appreciate his support as well. Um, in addition to that, we added the Winter Wonderland. We had about 2,000 attendees show up there. We added a bunch of Christmas lights. If you haven't seen it at the Greens, it's a great photo opportunity. Um, we added a DJ. Uh, super entertaining DJ who was great with the crowd, um, spoke English, Spanish. It was awesome. 
and we had our vendors, Sea Turtle Link, the Birding Center, Art Business Incubator, Friends of Animal Rescue. They had uh, nothing but positive things to say. They sold a lot of their ornaments, and they had like an on-site paint thing for the kids to do. It was great. Um, Santa was there. We took a lot of photos with him. Um, so it was a really, really good turnout. Um, again, our admin team did take a survey, so we generated 387 room nights um, that we could collect from that, um, from that, those couple hours that we were there doing the boat parade. Um, and then new in 2023, we added shirts for our boat captains participating. So we're hoping to start a tradition similar to what TIFF does um, when they have a shirt that they give out with a, a, a new piece of artwork in the back, or back of it. Um, so our first place winners out of one of the divisions, we had the art business incubator um, actually come up with a sketch of one of the photos and we put it on the back of a shirt. So and. Well, we put first place winner of the year prior, hoping to entice our boat captains to participate and do a little bit more on their boat so that they want to win first place, they get on the back of the t-shirt and it's something that they can keep. Um, a lot of positive feedback from, from the boat participants on those shirts. We ask people to try to purchase mm -hmm. them and so maybe something we'll consider doing next year to, sell, to actually sell them maybe. Um, and then lastly, we did do surveys uh, for our boat captains. They want to keep the date, keep the schedule. So. Um, we're looking at Saturday, December 7th um, next year. And one more thing, just want to thank um, our sponsors, Holiday and Beach Resort, Isla Grand Beach Resort, Jim's Pier, LNF Distributors, Sea Ranch Marina, Sea Ranch Restaurant, Tom and Jerry's, Viva, and Yummies all donated um, something for our captains, so we appreciate their support. Um, and then um, just a big shout out to the team. It was a huge team effort. You guys don't really get to see our operations team, but they go above and beyond to support us in these events, and we appreciate all their hard work and sales, marketing, admin, ops, um, Lori, Blake. It's a big group effort. So I know you see me and Luis up here, but it's everybody for these events. So thank you all very much. Anything, any questions? Yeah. Gentlemen, I don't know that we've ever had it done so well. This, this, this whole team just knocked it out of the park this year. I don't, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember it ever being pulled off like this. This was awesome. I agree. Great. I agree. Yes. Thank you, guys. Any more questions for uh, April or Mr. Henry on this item? Thank you so much, April. Great job. All right, 5.3, presentation discussion regarding the CVB monthly report. Sales. Here's another busy bee. Good morning. Yes, definitely busy. Um, we like to keep it that way. Um, excited to present this morning. Um, I have some, hopefully, continuing the upward trajectory, some exciting um, information for all of you. So our results as a sales team, the total number of sales that we had, a uh, sales team leads for the community, we had 16 come in with a total room night potential of 4,037 room nights. Uh, we were able to contract 2,995 room nights as a community. Um, what the number I'm really excited for you to hear is the room nights picked up, which was 4,042. That number alone has been done twice in the last four months, and that had not been done since 2018. We had not been able to see uh, numbers reach 4,000 room night pickups since 2018, and we've done it twice in the last two months. So I'm really proud of the sales team and the entire team. Uh, like April said, it takes a, a, the whole team to make these kind of things come together well. And so I'm grateful for everybody's hard work. 
Another a number that I'm really proud of is our pace. So we're ahead of pace by same time last year, 2,020 room nights, awesome. um, which is phenomenal. So we're going to keep tracking that and every month report to you because um, we're seeing so much more return. Um, all of our direct awesome. sales efforts are making a, a big impact, and we're able to see the numbers in that. So really proud of my team. Yep, and the whole, and the whole CVB team. Um, then moving on to our proactive sales activities, our team focuses on being proactive, not reactive. Um, so we are out prospecting for new business for the island constantly. Um, a couple of the events we participated in was a sales blitz with the TACVB. Also, Meeting Planners International is a meeting planner social event that we went to um, to build relationships with the planners. TSAE is the Texas Society of Association Executives. So um, we're building a strong relationship with them and making a big impact because that's all the decision makers for all the associations in the state of Texas. Um, also, we attended Connect Faith in DC. So what that was is a faith and religious market conference along with the corporate planners from Washington, DC. Um, some of the results that we've seen, I'm really proud. So we blitzed the Houston market. So we got out and, um, and we uh, visited with planners. We held a luncheon in partnership with TACVB. Um, we've made so many connections that we're furthering the relationship and advancing the sales, and we're seeing some results. Some that I'm proud of, you know that just uh, when you attend these conferences, if we get just one booking, it pays for itself. I can tell you that just from these over this month, we've had four definite bookings as a community. I have one, one that has an RFP out that has 16 conferences per year that they're looking to to book here, so I'm really uh, excited about that. I have events working with the Skateboarding Association, a Wakeboarding Association, Foot Golf, and the Society of Professional Engineers who had not been here since 2003. Um, so uh, additionally, we had, between the two of us, Mariana and I worked really hard, and uh, we had a total of 65 appointments, direct appointments with prospective clients, and we walked away with RFPs in hand that we were able to distribute and start working with the hotels on. So really excited um, about the results that we're seeing. Next, I wanted to just touch on a little bit of what um, Tom was saying about the, the region before we moved on. Um, so just uh, our efforts additionally with the community through Mr. Henry's uh, direction and support um, have been to unify our community. So with, with that, we had a Thanksgiving partner appreciation with all of the hotels. So uh, in honor of Thanksgiving, everybody came together, and uh, we had a good time at SPI Wine Bar, um, just really spent some time getting to know each other, networking, and uh, making a difference and really spreading the, the industry news so that our sales teams at all of the hotels can go out and make a stronger impact. I'm proud of that, but um, I think you'd also like to know that um, we have had, my team alone, we had a direct appointment with Port Isabel. We went and toured, uh, I took my team to tour all of the event center, uh, the museum, and the youth facilities. So, um, we also met with the assistant city manager so that we could unify the relationship there um, because with their facilities, we can sell more as, uh, as a region. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Very you. much. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you it's so been much. long, <clears throat> too long coming. Uh, it was great. We had a, a wonderful time, and it was it brought a lot of uh, unity, harmony. <laughs> <laughs> so, there are sports facilities as well. Did you all discuss that? We did. We went and saw very it. Very good, very it. good, very good. Uh, we were brainstorming ideas how we mm -hmm. can partner. Mm -hmm. um, some of the RFPs that we get ask how many you know courts do we have. Well, I have mm -hmm. more when we're all together. Yep. Um, also, we're working with uh, Laguna Vista, so... 
um, with the golf course there. I've had mm -hmm. several uh, meetings and appointments with the general manager. I am also on the HOA board, so I'm working <laughs> with, with that. Um, but I, even at a, a conference, I had a meeting planner come out, and I took them on a tour of the golf course. So how can we sell better as a region? Um, just really working to strengthen that. And then lastly, um, just this past uh, week, we have joined the Texas Tropical Trail. Um, they have events yep. that travel all around the state of Texas. Uh, we joined that, so we're going to have a membership there. They actually came down to Port Isabel for the historical aspect. Uh, so me and my team went and supported them and then joined thereafter. Um, so we'll have somebody uh, representing us at all of those, too. Then moving on to my favorite, the most exciting thing. Um, so we were able to host, as you know, uh, I told y'all a lot about Destination Southwest coming up, and uh, I just wanted to give you some of the results from that. It was absolutely phenomenal, the impact that it made. Uh, we had 45 direct meeting planners who had conventions um, and events to bring to our market, along with about 30 suppliers that, that came. Uh, on the opening night, we were uh, really honored, and it, it made the biggest impact of all because we had our, the support of our city leadership. At the opening reception, our mayor, city manager, police chief, fire chief, and Arnie <coughs> represented the CBA board. They all came to that reception. Um, I can tell you that I had multiple people coming to me saying, wow, I can't believe you got that kind of city leadership. You're going to book so many events just from this. Um, they were, the planners were uh, awed, was the, is the only word. They loved the island, they loved what we did, and they appreciated all the support and leadership. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you to everybody for doing that. that was, it meant a lot, and it's going to make a huge impact. Um, some of the things that we did while they were here, um, we partnered with all of the hotels, some of the beachfront resorts, as well as um, a couple of our attractions. So um, the planners stayed at Margaritaville. We had sponsorship by Isla Grand, by the Courtyard Holiday Inn Resort, and uh, also Sea Turtle, the Birding Na and Nature Center, and then Sandcastle Lessons. We had a sandcastle at the opening reception, and we took the planners around on the island where they can visit each of the properties, tour the properties so that they could book their events. They had a great time, and we set, um, set up direct appointments for each of the hotels got to meet with the appointment with the meeting planners directly so that they could vet them um, to actually prospect for business themselves. And I have some things for you guys. So as part of... You're always bringing us gifts. Thank you. Last month was those socks. It was. <laughs> <laughs> um, this month, so we have your name badges first. And these were given to all of the partners, all of the... Uh, you'll be surprised we have water bottles put in their rooms, and they absolutely love the thought of having water bottles with the South Padre Island uh, wrap on them. Oh, my goodness. I can pass them down here. Okay. Save you some time. Arnie already has his because he was um, here. Mine's ticking. That's all needed a Christmas present, so we decided to make these Harmony, how, how often will this destination Southwest take place? It's just once a year? Yes, it's once a year, and if we, were the actual, we were actually the first destination to be chosen for it. It used to be Destination Texas, and they have 
uh, expanded it to be a regional program. Mm -hmm. It'll travel around and then um, we can go after it, but there's other planners and event conferences that we're going after to host here. So there's similar uh, events similar to, nature, to this, but yes. Mm -hmm. different, they have a different reach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're also looking to do a fan tour in March, April, probably April after spring break, where we can get some of the planners that we've met at other conventions and bring them down here. So um, just different, like Connect is, a, is an mm -hmm. organization that we go to and attend. And they want to have an event here, and we would host. All the planners would come, suppliers come. So we're going to continue to do this at least once a year, maybe twice. Cool. Wow. Yeah. And it's a very cool event. It really was. Thanks. I was so grateful that you came, Arnie. It meant a lot to us and to the planners. So um, the reach that we had on this event from the planners itself, plus social media, um, the entire database for North Star meetings and events. They actually are one of the uh, host organizations for teams, um, the largest sporting event meeting planner conference. Um, so everybody saw our name. You know, it's there's a lot of indirect impact. Um, but then each of the hotels had appointments with the mini planners themselves. So it was great. Great work, Harmony. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Oh, one last thing I wanted to update you on. I, I wasn't sure if you had these thoughts, but um, normally we do have the basketball tournament around this time um, you, with UTRGV. Um, so the reason they're not here is UTRGV has a new football um, football team or football program. <clears throat> so they, they said that because they've been focused on that, they didn't have time to get the tournament participants. So they didn't do the, bas the basketball tournament this year, but we already have them on the sites, and my team's working to rebook them for next year for sure. Is our basketball court in good shape? I know we've had a lot of problems with it over the years. It, it's in good shape. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody else that's been doing a phenomenal job. Thank you. You keep gliding them up, Mr. Henry. Guys work hard. I'm very proud of all of them. Dad, a phenomenal year. Um, Denise Villalobos, Marketing Communications Specialist. Of course, bringing you the organic social media overview. And just to close out the year, you know, and on a good note with great news, um, we decided that it was a great idea to give you just the overall um, top performing post and, you know, results for the entire year. And by that, I mean up to November, but you will get, you know, the results for December and the next board meeting. And so, yep, these are the top posts for 2023 on Facebook. Um, people were very excited to see um, the season, you know, whenever um, Beach Park was gonna open for their season. This post was made in January and it still performed as one of our top posts of the year. Um, also, um, of course, our welcome sign always performs. And for this time around, we were promoting uh, Fourth of July weekend so that we can invite uh, people over. And um, this picture from a satellite, it was also very popular. So we're very happy about that. Um, for the um, overall video performance for 2023, as you can see, we had um, 6.2 million total views. Um, these are combined uh, organic and paid. Um, but also, this wouldn't be 
possible without the help and cooperation that um, you know our island partners have in allowing us to go in there to their business, promote their business, doing Facebook Lives and all that. So this uh, certainly helped a lot. Um, for the Instagram audience growth, we saw um, an increase of 180% compared to um, last year, and we closed out by the end of November with 80, almost 82K um, followers, and you see the spike right there right after April, and in a little bit, you're going to see why. Um, as you know, and as I share with you, uh, we started these, um, you know, uh, five places where you can eat on South Padre Island. We made um, several parts of those with, of course, the first one being well-received. Um, and part three was also well-received. And, of course, one of our trends that we adapted to our destination was also one of the top performers. And as you can see, um, video form content is very popular and it doesn't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon. And again, the, we are able to make these videos thanks to the partners that allow us to go, you know, enter their business and open their doors for us. So on TikTok, these are the top posts with the first one being, again, the five places to eat on South Padre Island, the first part of this series, uh, reaching almost 2 million views. Um, last year in 2022, uh, Beach Park, the, real, the TikTok for Beach Park was actually the top performer with 795K views. And back then, I thought it was wild that, you know, another TikTok would come over and overperform that. But you know, here we are with the top three um, overperforming the, the top performer of last year. Um, places to eat part three um, with 765K views. And Sugar Kingdom was very well received. It, it ramped up right away as soon as it was posted. And it later picked up and it actually doubled um, the amount of views as, you know, it was getting engagement and all that. Um, for the audience growth on TikTok, so on January 1st, our follower count was 34, um, almost 35,000 um, followers. And by the end of November, um, we have 80, almost 86,000 followers, which gave us almost 51,000 followers just in the first, you know, on the 11 months of this year. So we're very happy about that. That's awesome. Thank you. Okay, and that is it for the social media organic portion. Well done. Thank you so much. You had a much. great year. Great. Thank you. And then I just wanted to give you all a heads up. Uh, we are now at the uh, digital billboard of the Hidalgo International Bridge. So I just want to give you a heads up, and that will be reported on next month's um, presentation. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, good morning. Mauricio Cervantes, Marketing Communication Specialist. Good morning. A couple more numbers for y'all with decision reporting. So the great news is with last month, of course, with the SpaceX launch, South Padre got a major coverage with all the news stories, articles that came out uh, mentioning us. A lot of it was positive. So as you can see there, we had a total of 1.8K total mentions. Just on the SpaceX day alone, there was about 600 stories that came out from that day. Uh, so with all those total mentions, that gave us 5 million verified views, giving us a total publicity value of 9.7 million coverage. So the total top publications that affected the overall decision reporting was about 66 stories that came out. One of the big ones that came out was from the New York Times. They actually called out 
uh, to me. They want to do an interview. We were to pass him to Blake, and he actually does come up in this article where he gives a quick interview and snippet about how SpaceX affects SPI. And it was a really huge article. It comes down to decision reporting. And you can see there we do have more coverage. Aside from SpaceX, we're still mentioned in the best places for winter travel and already spring travel in major publications. We're in the Times. Excellent work. Uh, again, some other initiatives that we have with Travel Texas is that you can see we and Z Team, we have major publications in Canada as well. So that's why we have more stories coming out there. And this month, one of the German travel writers that we hosted previously, a couple months ago, his story just came out as well. So mentioning how we had those German uh, visitors, we're getting a lot Very of good. coverage. And one of them is actually reaching out to Shane Wilson from Fishing's Future to do a documentary, uh, documentary series. That's Very cool. good. All of our nature tourism, we need to stay on top of that because these Europeans really seem to enjoy it, and uh, they stay a long time. Yeah, they like it. Yeah, and we have more. So. Uh, we're working closer with Travel Texas. Uh, we work with their UK team, and they're actually bringing a couple more riders, and we're in the works for that as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, for PR efforts I, for the I month I would uh, like to include, too, I'm, I'm just speaking again of vacation rentals, as I like to do. Of course. Um, many Europeans do understand vacation rentals very well. They book a lot of that kind of stuff. So if anything we can include in the in the accommodations about the both hotels and vacation rental type of properties that are available for them would be good. Yeah, of course. So you know, we have a lot of vacation rentals here. So you know. <laughs> no worries. Make sure you remember that. <laughs> Keep your emails open. If you see my name pop up, it's probably because I'm asking for something. <laughs> very fair. For November PR efforts, as always, for interviews, uh, Denise and I try to go out and get as many interviews as we can. Uh, with, for November, we had five interviews and five press releases. Of course, we work with our usual outlets, Telemundo, Televisa, Channel 5, both in English and Spanish. So it gives us a good exposure. We promoted heavily the winter events that came out. And of course, you can see the press releases there for a lot of April's events as well. The CTA class is still going pretty strong. In November, we had 16 new certified tourism advisors. Uh, that's bringing the total up to 236. We're close to reaching two mm. years on this program, mm -hmm. and people are always very happy. We continue this engagement with the island partners, always requesting more visitor guides, the flyers that we promote, just making it easier to disseminate the information from us to all of our tourists. I don't want to give you guys more work, but I just it just popped up my head. Maybe you guys have already discussed this with our winter Texans, if there's any way, maybe with Christie's help, because... Honestly, they may love it. And uh, the more they're informed about everything that we have to offer here, the word of mouth is huge. They're going to tell everybody they know what a great time they had hanging out with you guys for a couple hours. I think it's a great idea. And plus, you get a, a really neat looking certificate, too. <laughs> so, Chris, you can all your more than yeah. welcome to join As long us. as it's free, yeah, they're going to they're nice show up. Autograph on your certificate. Yeah, and if they get a pin, <laughs> Sean, if they get a pin. <laughs> I do think that's a great idea, and I also like to it just. This is a, a, a fantastic program for not only for our entire hospitality community, but and, and all of our residents to get to know um, our our island, our destination, Lador intimately, and be able to share and, and pull itineraries on the fly for 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 visitors. But I like to say thank you to Mao and Denise for doing this uh, every month. I mean, it's a lot of work, and uh, they're great at it. And um, thank you, you guys doing a great job with that. Thank you. And I guess just a quick recap for in case anybody forgot what the CTA really composes of. It's a four-hour course 
two-hour classroom setting. We talk about the, you talk your ears off about SPI, everything that we have to offer, everything mm -hmm. we can include. And then we actually take you on a two-hour tour going around the island. I speak really fast, so we get the classroom setting done over pretty fast, and we spend more time on the tour. We have a great time. Uh, the only update on this is that in December, we did not have a class just because of the holiday season, and then we were busy with the events. But we are going to announce the January class soon. We're going to wait till after the holidays to send that email, because if not, it's just going to get buried in all the holiday times. Mm -hmm. Very good. All right. Thank you. Thank you. This went phenomenally well as well. Hi, everyone. Cindy. Any bad news you? today? No, no bad news. <laughs> Not at all. Never. <laughs> so um, I wanted to talk to you about the McAllen Holiday Parade. Um, we, the team worked very hard and along with the city of McAllen to make this, of course, a very successful event. Um, they had their largest attendees this year. Um, it was 200 and over 275,000 attendees. Um, so these people come from all over the place. Fantastic. Um, so we have our float that you can see here. Um, again, this is our third year um, being involved. So we ha this is our float that we have um, going down the parade route. And of course, we are the, the sponsor of the Vuelta Zone. So this was a sold out area. Um, there was over a thousand people sitting in this area. And um, Mauricio and Denise and, and some of the other CVA, CVB team, um, we were putting together bags to give away to all the attendees that were sitting down in this area. They had um, a South Padre Island t-shirt and some noisemakers as well. So it, it was a very fun event. So thank you to everybody that, that helped out in this. Impressions, impressions, impressions. <laughs> so um, hopefully you all were able to attend um, November 2nd when we announced um, our partnership with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, this new partnership will allow us to market, um, visit South Padre Island through, um, through their social media channels, through media channels, and um, of course our, through our signage that is placed at um, the Frost Bank Center. Um, also, we have um, the spring break sweepstakes um, is now running, and it's going to run for eight weeks. Um, so you can follow the San Antonio Spurs on social media or visit South Padre Island to enter to win a trip for spring break here at South Padre Island. Great. Is our team still in good communication with you? Oh, yeah, every day. <laughs> okay. Sometimes you write a check, and then, then they disappear. So oh, no. So making I, sure. I work very closely it with looks great. three people from the San Antonio team. Good, good, yes. good. So, um, so I just wanted to give you a little bit of what's going on right now with um, our signage over there at the arena. Um, so since the start of the season, as you can see um, in the middle photo, those are that's what our logo used to look like. Now we have, now they made it colorful. Um, and now it stands out a lot more. If you ever see it on TV, um, you'll be able to notice it a lot, a lot better. Um, so that's... So what you're saying is that the end caps there the end are caps now The end caps there on the basketball court, right. yes. Um, so we have that at the arena, and then also three ticket centers at Frostbank. Um, as you can see on the top left corner, that's what our signage looks like. Um, so this display is there even through concerts. If there's a concert taking place, it's not just for basketball games. It's going to be there um, during concerts as well um, and any other events that they may have. The only time it's not placed here is during the rodeo because rodeo takes over. 
Um, then, of course, um, we have the 500 um, concourse TVs that are placed throughout the whole arena. So that's our signage on the bottom left. Um, so that it, it looks very nice. If you haven't seen it yet, you guys need to stop by to see a game. It, it looks really, really pretty. Um, um, also, the the post that Victor ended up posting on social media, this was something that was unexpected. Um, after one of the games, he he put a post and our logo came out, and that that had over four hundred and eighty five thousand likes. So um, th that was great for us. Um, and then also the San Antonio Spurs announced our partnership through their social media channels as well. So um, that was great. When they, they announced that after our press conference that took place on November mm -hmm. 2nd. So um, with social media, um, the arena signage that we have that, that has been, um, that you'll see through, tel that, that's televised as well, and through social media, we've had 8.5 million impressions. Um, so that, that's very good. Also, um, we have been broadcasted 208 times. And through this broadcast, it has received 9.6 million impressions. So we're, it's being visible throughout the whole United States and, and Mexico. Yep. Yep. You did great bringing this. Uh, when you joined the team and you brought this along, it's awesome. And it's just the beginning. Thank you. Thank you. Great job. Great job. Uh, it, it just remind everyone, I mean, this is the amount of impressions that, that uh, we're receiving because of this partnership is just tremendous, and our reach is tremendous. I think uh, um, Sydney was sharing some folks from, from, what was it, California? What was that story? Yes. Um because they because they changed the, our logo now it's in color it's popped out a lot, um, so the marketing team from South I mean from the Spurs reached out to me to let me know hey your sign is more visible we're actually getting contacted from California and through other parts of the world who is South Padre Island we want to know more about good it. yeah so. exactly so that's opening up the door right there and um, and also San Antonio historically has been a great market for us. Um, our visitors from San Antonio uh, tend to sp uh, spend more as well. Yes. So great. Great stuff. Excellent job, everybody. Really. Phenomenal year. Hello, me again. Oh. Um, and just uh, <laughs> one more thing um, for, you know, for the purpose of social media promotion, website, everything, we do hope to visit more um, island partners, of course, and so we really hope that you can either like you know reach out to us, or we hope to you know get your your guesses and your welcomes uh, whenever we are knocking on doors. So we're looking forward to a bigger and better year. And again, I sound like a broken record, but I cannot say enough how much we appreciate those that you know welcome us into their businesses. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, anything else on this item, gentlemen? Mr. Henry? That's enough. Very exhilarating. <laughs> it's one month's work here. Yeah. Busy month. 5.1, update and discussion regarding the new Visit South Potter Island SMS text campaign. Mr. Henry, you have a... Oh, yeah, just... Miles is going to walk us through it, but um, 
let me just set it up. We're, we're, we're creating events. We have a healthy event schedule and just an effort for increased communication for folks, uh, for visitors and our residents to understand what's going on every weekend or throughout the week. Um, we've created this opt-in uh, texting campaign where you can go to our website, um, put in your information, and we're not selling you anything. And we're, we're just simply just uh, updating you on what's going on around our, our island. So Ma's going to walk you through it right now. Uh, IT, do you know how the presentation? Yep. You have a presentation or something? Oh, it's I didn't know. Next, you can see how like the form looks and like the quick step by step. But super simple. Okay. Are you waiting for somebody? I mean, oh, okay. I can uh, speed through this real quick. Yeah, so Here's what's going on, guys. Not everybody opens up their email. They don't read the emails. So we're going to text them is what we're going to do. They opt in. We're going to send them messages a couple times a month, maybe. Try to see how it goes. So they know because I'm tired of locals telling me, I didn't know this, I didn't know that, because they didn't open up the email. So we're going to blast them that way. Yes, And I'm going to inform everybody, this is how you get the text message. And we're going to set up some signage, I guess, around the community where people can opt in with these QR codes. Yeah, and so I encourage all of you to put it in your businesses. On the homepage where it says stand and know, from there we had visitor guide submission requests, newsletter requests. Now I added the texting button. You click that, it takes you to the form. Just fill in your information, name, email, phone number, sign up, and you're good to go. You get all the text from now on. This is a separate uh, texting list than the college one that we have. So this is just primarily right, for any right. visitor, any local, anybody who wants to receive latest event updates, news updates on SPI. I encourage all of you, as soon as you get these, these QR codes or this the, the, the number to sign up to this, to get all of your employees to do this. Because if they know what's going on, they can communicate with our visitors about what's going on next weekend, That's right. whatever it may be. It costs us almost nothing to do. And just emails in the past it's dead so we're going to text them and that's all there is to it i guess yeah um and let's get the welcome home rgv uh that contact information all that good stuff okay uh, no worries ben it's good nice oh and then one good. quick thing uh just to mention about the whole direct flights that we we're talking about earlier so we can do the same thing so for all the college kids we can text them that information we can put in the emails that way they're making sure that they have that info yeah same thing with social media. The algorithms, not everybody sees everything that these guys post. So we're just going to hit them direct-wise. Correct. Awesome. Thank you very much. Very good. 5.5 discussion of possible action to approve the funding request for SPI Sprint Triathlon in March 24. Mrs. Brown, what was the Special Events Committee's recommendation on this? 4K in marketing. Mr. Henry, are you satisfied? I am. Is there a motion? All in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. 5.6, discussion of possible action to approve the funding request for South Platte Island's Crawfish Festival in April of 24. This is brand new. 25K in marketing, 5K in operations. Okay, now this is an in-house event, gentlemen, that uh, the team is working with. Uh, this is the, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Henry. This is the same team that's, that launched the Tacos and Tequila Fest. Um, Comer, beer and sand, wings. Beer and wing. Chrome there was another sand. one. Chrome in the sand. Chrome in the sand. And then I thought there was even a fourth one. Is this the fourth one then? That'd be the fourth. This is. All four of these events have been <clears throat> successful. This event hasn't been fully mapped out yet. Um, 
we're asking up to $25,000 in marketing, just like the others. Um, but we've seen increased activity as far as attendance. So we want to cover ourselves correctly and ensure that all of our guests are safe in the process. So we're asking 5,000 in operations to cover security for a total of 30,000. Um, up to? Up to, excuse me, for up, up to <clears throat> 30,000. Uh, again, using the same promoter, I think Raul's here. Uh, thank you. Uh, he's done a tremendous job, um, not only with the, the operations uh, part of it, but also helping with marketing as well. So I have uh, crawfish festivals are, are great. Um, I've never seen a bad one. <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, uh, this, this, this event has some legs uh, to grow for a year after year uh, here on the island. I think our destination deserves it. And I believe this is another one, another event that we could curtail to winter Texans and lure them to stay a little bit longer on our island. Blake, I have a question. I'm sorry. On the New Year's Eve fireworks show, what's the time on that's, that fireworks that's show? That's 9.15. 9.15. Yes, sir. Okay. Just want to make sure it wasn't going to be at midnight where it's going to be taking away businesses uh, from all the bar settings and things of that sort, so. <coughs> well, given the track record, motion to approve. Great. Is there a second? I'll second. Okay. This is for 5.5, I'm sorry. Th this is for the Crawfish Festival, but, uh, you know, these last three events were pretty good. And I know I've been on the fence, as everybody knows, about us trying to do events. We basically what we've done here with Raul is a co-op. And I've spoken to Mr. Henry about this, and he's happy to continue to operate this way. And it also gives him some more control over what is going on. So that's my take on it. So if there's not any more discussion. Is this indoor or outdoor? This won't be outdoor. Too stinky. Crawfish, man. <laughs> and, you know, this is, this is an event um, that I'd love to see a whole, a whole island participate in one form or fashion. Um, if your small business wants to be associated with these events, call us. The opportunity is there. Set up a booth. Sell your wares. Yep. Can we text you? <laughs> now you can. <laughs> Yes. All right. Well, let's see how it goes. I mean, I know there's we got another item agenda item up here, but anybody else have any questions, comments? Again, I'll say that based on the record of what we've seen so far okay. right now, I have no no qualms whatsoever. Well said. All in favor, say aye. 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 You need any more any more details in the? No, it's up to twenty five and five can security. That was a motion. Okay. Very good. Thank you so much. Um. Point seven. Five point seven. 5.7, discussion of possible action to approve their funding request for Tacos and Tequila Fest, September 2024. It was the same, 25K, up to 25K in marketing <laughs> and 5,000 in operations security. What are you all going to do different? We're moving it to September oh, yeah. 16th weekend mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. attract more Mexican nationals. Mm -hmm. Anything else? The music genre. It'll, be, it'll fit more the theme. Uh, last year we had Hoopstank. Yeah. Country music. Mm -hmm. so change it more. Same format, though. It's going to be in the parking lot. Same <laughs> format. Same no. location. 5.7. I have Texas State Surfing Championship. Oh, you know, that's what's going on, Daniel. He has the wrong agenda. That's what happened. That's all right. We're almost done. 
Center and to be in the parking lot, it's going to be the same thing. No, no. I mean, it, every event that we do, we're learning from it, right? And we've learned um, from an operational standpoint how people flow around uh, the convention center and how we can improve uh, any upsells, VIP areas, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a learning process. Um, I think the team has done a fantastic job for year one. In fact, I'll tell you a little story about the Chrome and Stand. Um, I, we had uh, Paul Tuttle um, from Orange County Choppers. He was surprised that this was the first year of this bike fest that mm -hmm. we did there. He was really excited to hear that. Um, and I think this team has done a phenomenal job um, with first year events. And <clears throat> the, the, the object is to make these events more uh, better, better uh, year after year. And so they have the ability to grow. And I think DeLorean, I was very happy with it. I just want to know if we're going to do anything different. Okay. That, that to increase the attendance, or I mean, so we're limiting what we can do on that property. We only negative. know that. Never limited, sir. <laughs> Never. But just to, to recap, uh, the first year was over 10,000 people in the two-day span. Um, so for a first-time event on the mm -hmm. island, was great. So, yes, we'll do something different. We're meeting back up in January. We're all grouping up to spill out the entire year for all the events that are happening and tweaking and adding and moving um, okay. logistics. Yeah, I just wanted to comment as well. I mean, I noticed that too when we were talking about the, the Christmas events we just had. <laughs> You're already on the calendar, on the paper looking at next year, next year, next year. And I just want to, I want to commend you for, for looking at that and understanding and, and getting that clear right now. So way to go, taking that longer view. Yeah. Honestly, between Blake and April's brain, we plan out two years now. You know, because it's Good. my whole life. Yeah. 5C, <laughs> the easier. Honestly. I like to highlight, we also have a pickleball and Padre event. Um, when is that? It's in February, right? No, no, January. January 9th. Mm -hmm. 9th through 12th, uh, open play. Come on down to the convention center. Perfect for uh, our winter Texans. We'll send you some marketing materials. Let's get it out there. The coastal and all the, the good stuff. And that one, the pickleball, of course, that's another in-house event that we did in-house um, with a gentleman that we've partnered with. Also, Raul's helping us to amp it up to have some music for them. Um, you know, they love beer, so we're going to have beer for them. Bush and Bush, <laughs> Bush Light, Dollar Bush beer and nachos. <laughs> Bush Light. That's what Tom was saying. Let's <laughs> step it up. Stop the stop giving it away. $2. But yeah, we're amping that up as well. So. $29 room rate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything on tacos and tequila, guys? Oh, Second. Renee, Tom, discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. Thank, Thank you. you very much, ladies. On what um, Tom was saying, we have a calendar for the 12 years. Luis reached out to every single event that's happened previously that we sponsored. So we have every date from now until December. Um, so we have a calendar full of events already that um, marketing team is helping come up with a pretty display of those. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll send it out digitally, but that we also give a awesome. flyer to our partners. Very, very good. Outstanding. Thank you very much. But, you know, it's like to remind everybody when when people search South Padre Island, the first thing they're doing is like events on South Padre Island. They want to see these events, do, do. right? Things to do. Um, so let's not forget that. 5.9 discussion of possible action regarding spring break marketing. Mr. Henry. Oh, Cindy. 5.8. Hi, everyone again. Um, before the Z team um, presents, they're online as well. Um, they're going to discuss about what they're doing for spring break. I wanted to give you 
a little bit of information about what me and my team are doing. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the sweepstakes with the Spurs has already started. Um, and it's going to be running all the way through the end of February. So it's going to be running for eight weeks. Um, we have also, we're, we're also working already with a player from the Spurs. And um, he's going to help promote the sweepstakes as well. And um, he might be coming <coughs> over here in the summer. Um, can't announce when yet. <laughs> um, but he will be coming in the summer to go fishing. He's always wanted to come out here to fish. So... Um, he's planning on it this summer. Um, another thing for, for spring break is, as Mao had mentioned, um, we started the texting as well. So um, all the activations that we've been doing in the past, um, these students have signed up um, to receive text messages about spring break. So when they receive them, which is once a week, um, it will lead them to our spring break page and they can find out what events are, are taking place during that, that time. So also if you, if you can help us out too, um, any events that you know are taking place at your locations or anywhere, it would, it would be great um, for everybody to give us that information so we can add it to our website and the spring breakers will be able to know what is going on that entire, those in, I guess, Texas weekend the following week as well. Now, you know who the players are. Yes. There's only about four or five venues that are going to be doing spring break entertainment. Mm -hmm. Bombard them. Yeah. Please. Okay. What are you doing? When? What's happening? Encourage them, please, to get you the information because, unfortunately, the holidays come around and then it's all last minute and we're all rushing yes, Daniel. in January yes. to get it on the website. So. <laughs> so right now we have over 600 students that have signed up and they're receiving um, text messages every, weekly. Um, another initiative um, for spring break that um, our team is working with along with the Z team um, is digital signage in the Midwest and throughout Texas. Um, so the signage will be placed at university campus screens gyms, apartment complexes, restaurants, bars, and on billboards that are um, within a three-mile radius of the campus. Um, some of the campuses that we're targeting are University of Texas, Texas Tech, Texas A&M, Texas Christian, Baylor, University of Houston, Michigan State, Oklahoma State, University of Oklahoma, Kansas State, Michigan State, Iowa State, Purdue, University of Indiana, University of Nebraska, and Ohio State. So um, there's about 23 universities in the Midwest and Texas that um, will be having digital signage in those locations. And um, so the Zimmerman team, um, Dina, um, they should be online right now. They're going to give you a little presentation. Are they online? This is where I can ask the question about what we're doing other than parties and events? It is, but we aren't really doing anything different than we did last year. But the marketing is better, I agree. but okay. I understand. the destination, these venues, as far as I know, are pretty much going to do the same thing they did last year. What are we talking about? Spring break? Are you going to do anything different than you did last year? Are we talking about marketing or are we talking about activities? Activities. activities. That's, that's still on the table as far as uh, the company-wise. Right. As far as I know, 
you and Renee and the usual suspects are going to pretty much do what you guys did last year. Is that correct? Okay. We are still working with uh, a company. Um, Your negotiations on, on some stuff. That is correct. Okay. As far as I know, I mean, Clayton's has sent y'all what he's doing. <clears throat> Louise is going to get to you, but the amphitheater is doing something. Yeah, do they, we, do they, are they in good communication with you guys about what they're doing over there? I mean, I know that it's it hasn't been always easy, but the, the line of communication. What are they doing over there? <laughs> is open. Um, they just struggle communicating. Mm -hmm. um, well, we are talking to a few entities right now. Uh, one in, in Daniel's camp, uh, and another one over at the beach park. I but a a very successful promoter in touch with uh, another promoter. They're talking about possibly using that parking lot for, for an event. Um, yeah, you know that's where we're at right now. That's just it's we're going to scramble. That's the just it always seems like we're behind on this thing. I mean, the days are rigid. The years over. That's correct. Because we're you're you're making such an effort getting this, that, these leads for these mm -hmm. these students, but then what are we telling them? I mean, I don't even, I mean, they're going to make a decision pretty darn quick, I would imagine. We just need to mix up what it is we're offering, <laughs> in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It won't be a big thing. That's what some Can't hear you, Mr. Crennan. I don't mean. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, what, you, you got Clayton's, who's invested over a million dollars in, in programming over there. He just announced his, his, his schedule of events, which is obviously going to draw some folks here. You know, our team is doing a hell of a job putting together and, and, and marketing our destination for spring break uh, up through the Midwest, hitting major schools. Um, we're talking, we have a couple uh, uh, event organizers we're working with. Um, I'm not going to forget. I mean, the whole month of March is spring break, and that includes a, a one week of, of kids and, and the rest of, from, in my opinion, families. So I think we're doing a great job so far. And I know everybody right now is going to be like, what are we doing for spring break? And, the, you know, this is, this is the conversation right now. Um, I wish I could give you a little bit more about the event organizers we're working with right now. Hopefully we can could, we could get that ironed out very quickly and give you an update. And their defense, I appreciate that, you know, they're under contractual obligations. They can't announce some of these things until a, right. a certain time period. It's not that they don't have a plan. They just can't, they can't announce it. So, so all right. Some of these uh, companies that have done items and promotions on the island this time, since the island has approached them as being a, a sponsor, versus in the past, mm -hmm. they go and put on an event, and then they come out and they're asking for sponsorships. In this case, it was the islands reached out saying, can you all do this? Mm -hmm. We'll be a sponsor. Now they're feeling, oh, you want us to do it? Okay, well then this is what we want. And they want, you name it, that's what they're asking for. Mm -hmm. they, they want the whole cake. So either way, we're, we're working with them and uh, trying to see what we can do. And um, that's somebody that's hungry. Correct. And uh, the, the difference is they, they not only want to be on, on the property, they want, you know, 
They want everything. They want everything. They want their sponsors. Mm. Uh, you know, for instance, it, it, I have some sponsors already at my hotel. That's not allowed. That's not allowed with certain companies because they want the sponsors themselves. So I, I must give up all my sponsorships. This is for a specific company only. I'm not mm -hmm. all of them. And I have to give up my sponsors to give it to them. And and so there, there are just some things that, you know, some some I's need to be dotted, some, some T's need to be crossed. And, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those we're trying to finalize these items. And it's just kind of like so. But I feel that we are going to get there. There will be events. Uh, I'm not concerned about that. Uh, there will be some other things. There's other companies that we have in our back pocket that have done this before. So it's just uh, we're trying to use, um, you know, some other companies that uh, have done things in Panama City and and some smaller items here in the island. Uh, the other company that we're talking to as well, of course, has been here for years doing different things. But nonetheless, this is that's kind of where we are at, and it's just kind of like they they want to take over, and it just doesn't work that way. Well, I was just hopefully we can get Cindy this stuff as soon as we can, however which way we can, so she's not spinning her wheels. Correct. Trying to, you know, what's the product that we're selling? Yeah. So. Um, I think just for us, um, even if we haven't like nailed down all of our talent, we're just going to send you guys the time frames for it, so you could start, start promoting it. So okay, and that's fine for us. Perfect. And I think that's what everybody should do. So okay, that's a good idea. That would help. Yeah. Yeah. So she needs con. She needs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, she needs know, something. Hey, this is <laughs> receive these text messages. Right. They're going to our site, and they want right. to see everything that's taking place from pool parties, whatever it is. They want. They need to see that. Cool. Thank you. Zimmerman? So they're ready. Will you call me? Yes. Zimmerman, are you on the line? We are. Thank you for your patience with us while we're just reviewing this. There's, uh, as you can appreciate, we can't always discuss these things unless we're in a public forum. Oh, yeah, of course. We thank you very much. Um, and thank you for Sorry, Dina, can you mute? Yes. Okay, thank you. All right, so to go over um, our break this month, uh, we can go to the next one. Okay, so starting out with uh, this is just a quick slide of our primary target. Of course, honing in on our getaway, uh, our primary, and we are um, the and the motivations and the Kristen, I'm so sorry. You're breaking up. I don't know if it's us or you, but I don't know if you're you're cutting out on your audio anyway. Yeah, there seems I think feedback. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm hearing an echo. Okay. Uh, better. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a little better. 
Keep talking. Okay. Um, oh yeah, I'm still getting some feedback on my end. Okay, I'll try this again. Uh, so this is our target audience slide for Spring Getaway. Is it still cutting out? Yes, it is. But uh, yeah, we have the presentation in front of us. Um, you know, we have the deck. D gentlemen, mm -hmm. you have the deck in front of you. I mean, is there anything that you have questions about maybe they can answer for us? Because this is, for what I can tell, essentially what we have been doing and what we have approved in the past. Right. I'm okay with it. I mean, I've looked through it already and mm -hmm. seen it again here. And it, right. I don't have any questions regarding it. Yeah, Z team, we we we've reviewed the deck and we're satisfied with what y'all are doing. That's really what you need to hear, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got that part. Yeah, we got that part. Yeah. 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 I just I it's it, it's hard for us to hear you. We didn't want to waste your time having to having to, to fuss with it. But this is exactly what we asked for, and that's what you've been doing. Thank you. No problem. And apologies. I don't know why. It's I'm okay. We, we've all been there. <laughs> it's okay. Mr. Henry, do you have any comments on any of this? No comments. Gentlemen. I'm good. Cindy. Here, in case y'all have any questions about um, what they're, we're, we're good on. with all of that. It's exactly what we all discussed, of okay. course. Okay. If you're happy, we're happy. Yes, it's good. Very good. I, okay. Have the heat map working as well too, so just wanted to let y'all know. All right. Well, yeah. and the only thing I just want to add, since you're standing right there, is thank you for what you've done for us this year since you've been here, and thank you for holding them accountable as well and keeping them going. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Please let us know what you need from us. Um, Besides a lip calendar of events of what we're yes, that would be very helpful. So yes, please. <laughs> All right, very well. Thank you so much. Excellent job, everybody, this year. All right, discussion. Well, do y'all really want to meet next year? Emma, when do you want to see us again? Uh, the next meeting date is scheduled for Wednesday, January the twenty fourth at nine a.m. Beautiful. Are there any known conflicts? Nope. 24, she said. Not known. 24? All right. Meeting adjourned. So soon? Good work, Sean. <sighs> Two hours.